Welcome to the Youth Ministry Misfits podcast. We are for the misfits, those who don't fit in at school, those who don't fit in at church, those who feel they don't fit in anywhere. We are misfits, we are called to be misfits, and we are called to be for the misfits. Welcome to Youth Ministry Misfits. My name is Tim and I'm back. It's been quite a while. I've taken a bit of a hiatus uh, due to the birth of my second child, but I'm back. And I'm excited to be here uh, with a colleague of mine who I met through my line manager, but also my PhD supervisor. And that's uh, Dr. John Tan from Singapore. So uh, John uh, is the uh, leader of the Youth Work Association of Singapore. Um, And I'm really excited to have you on, John. So welcome. Yeah, nice to meet you, Tim. And uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. (laughs) I do my own podcast so I can uh, sense uh, I'm very excited about it and mm. uh, very, very happy to be able to share anything that mm. um, I, I can do. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, why don't we start by um, having you tell us a little bit about um, about your story. Like, how did you come to be part of uh, Youth Work Association of Singapore? Oh, that's a pretty long story. <laughs> uh, well, it started off actually because um, my I'm an adult convert to uh, to Christ, and uh, mm-hmm. it was more of my wife who brought me to church, and mm. then I accepted, and you know, so it's been quite an interesting journey. Um, Started my career actually in the world of international marketing. Um, Yes, marketing. Um, Started actually um, doing door-to-door and then upgraded to international marketing of exhibitions and uh, expositions and conferences, uh, which meant that I had uh, travels and meeting all kinds of people, um, mm. experiencing successes, and yet at the same time uh, experiencing uh, the bottom of failures mm. and all that, and uh, which led to the for me questioning the meaning of life, mm. which then led me to um, meet someone. I think the Lord arranged for me to bump into someone, mm. literally on the road. Oh, wow. And uh, turned out to be we turned out to be competitors in the same industry, a very competitive industry, and so it's like almost like a Romeo and Juliet story because <laughs> we're not meant to be. <laughs> yeah, but but long story short, uh, we got married, and she brought me to church, and um, then I realized the meaning of um, everything, and decided mm. to enter the ministry. Okay. And um, but right smack into the ministry, I got into the de- de- denominational dissonance. Okay. <laughs> Meaning it was like, what's all this? Um, you know, uh, mm. think about rules, about regulations, mm. and the constraints. And um, well, the back my ministry has always been working with young people. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and just got to know uh, young people from different walks of life, mm-hmm. but um, they could never fit into a church culture because yeah. there were too many do's and don'ts. And mm. uh, somehow 
maybe my own background, a little bit of uh, mischief in the past, and then open up the door for me to understand the psyche for quite a lot of these youths, why they are disenfranchised, why mm. they are disadvantaged, and all that. And But they didn't fit into church proper. So mm. we will be doing stuff uh, other than the church kind of ministry. Um, okay. You know, so so balancing all of that um, led to further dissonance at some point where I decided, no, um, enough of uh, full-time ministry. And uh, at the back of it all, we started an organization that was reaching out to literally the the last, the lost, and the least mm, um, like in society. Um, and, you know, just trying to make sense of their life wherever they are. Mm. They are broken, they are not accepted, they've been abused, but, mm. you know, all the big, big issues um, in life that they had to contend with as young as maybe seven, eight years old, and wow. then having to walk the straight and narrow path. It's mm. going to be very difficult. Mm. And so, yeah, so that led us to start our own not-for-profit uh, mm-hmm. back in 1997. Uh, pretty long name. It's called Children at Risk Empowerment. Okay, which, yep. Mm-hmm. As an acronym, it stands for CARE. And uh, yeah, we, we like that name. And so when we, when we go, we serve in the public schools, um, reaching out to the students who belong to this, uh, you know, disenfranchised group and all that. They were not fitting in. But when the school um, got us in, uh, we were the care team. So it was mm-hmm. a very nice name because, you know, why, why are you here? We care for you. So yeah. we're just trying to befriend you and walk alongside you and then help you along. And, and mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. So uh, before I know it, it's uh, 25 years <laughs> has passed. <laughs> so that's a lot of time. Yeah, so so I, I spent 10 years in uh, full-time ministry, so it's 25 years. Mm. So it was like, wow, you know, look back and um, mm. we've touched uh, many, many lives. But mm. here's the thing, it because we receive uh, the government money for some part, um, it has to be secular. Yeah. So, but we are faith-based in that sense that we practice um, and knowing that there is divine help and divine, um, you know, Mm -hmm. unction for all that we do. But to reach out to those who who don't know anything about God or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, that has been uh, informing our practice. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't see us as a Christian-based organization. We are just a, you know, social services Mm -hmm. organization. And uh, yeah, so that meant my transition from um, full-time ministry, from just preaching and all of that, discipling and all that, into helping young lives um, become better Mm. people. Mm. And uh, looking back, wow, we have touched like maybe our little organization probably touched like about um, directly twenty to thirty thousand young people uh, yeah. thus far. That's amazing. 
Yeah, and <laughs> some of them have come back to work with us. Yeah, we'll be we run a small outfit. Um, well, cool. in some sense, it's small. We, we we actually have about 30 staff, but because of the pandemic, we actually grew by about 30%. Oh, wow. So now, now we are about 40 plus, just, just because of the great, tremendous needs mm. that are that? around. Yeah. In the midst of a pandemic, people saw the need for yes. helping other people. That's awesome. And, and uh, because there's a lot of um, pain going on and affliction, Mm. So we have we have a lot to do. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So so I in a nutshell, I'm not sure whether that's by way of introduction it makes sense, but um mm. yeah, the, that's how my life had turned out to be. Mm. <laughs> well, thank you for that introduction. And I think it's it's true that's just an introduction to your story because um uh John and I have talked previously a bit more more detailed about these things. Um so he's a great person to chat to if you want to hear more. But um, what I'm hearing in that in relation to the kind of the concept of this podcast and my heart for churches is that um, when you notice that the church wasn't necessarily a safe place for young people because of the do's and don'ts, you decided to do something about that and set up this this care outreach program, yeah. which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I guess sometimes it's um, the timing. Mm. So now looking back, um, what I guess was pretty important was to set up caring adults like mm. the intermediaries um, between two different worlds. I think mm. that is pretty important. Uh, so along the way, um, while we were doing it, we find that because the energy level needed to sustain such work is tremendously yes. tough. Um, mm. And so lots of equipping had to be done. But at the same time, it was to enable systems or what is known as micro systems to work with one another. And mm. some of these systems would include adults who want to reach young people so that they can then be the bridge to introduce the adults to the other adults and vice versa to be also a bridge to the adults who want to reach the young. Mm. It's almost like we are the interpreters or the translators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Youth culture in adult culture and then bridging them and bring them across. So at that time when we started our work, we realized there were none of this. And mm. so people had to see that it had to be done. Mm. Um, I realized there were many people who wanted to do this, but they were afraid. Because mm. can you imagine a whole bunch of rambunctious young people making noise <laughs> crazy? And they're like, you know, so they don't know what to do, but yet they want to do something. But yeah. yet at the same time, when talking to the young people, they were just acting up because they didn't realize what they were doing. And mm. they were looking at all this people who were criticizing them, but actually they were yeah. not. They were just misinterpreting them. And so mm. they needed some form of uh, interpretation to be done. Mm. And that's when I realized, wow, wouldn't it be great to start another organization, <laughs> which we did, that will advocate, that will train. Yes. And so uh, we set up Youth Work Association Singapore 
okay. 10 years ago. But after five years of struggle, big, big struggle, because everyone was like saying, no, there's no money mm. for this. Why do you need mm. this and all that? Yeah, so now um, 10 years on, we have an association that caters to building up the capabilities, building up the recognition for people who are doing it full-time and for those who are not, then receiving that kind of uh, training and support. So, yeah, so uh, if I look back, you know, team, if I look back, wow, uh, didn't realize that some dissonance that we felt was actually just the forerunners of uh, mm -hmm. certain needs that had to be uh, yeah. met and established. And I'm pretty glad that um, it's taking place right now, although yeah. it took us, took us that long. <laughs> mm. Mm. I mean, it's, it amazes me that um, your agency persevered for five years Oh, yes. Before you became, you know, strongly established, that's a long time to persevere. That's it's really yeah, impressive. It, it was that's another story altogether. Yeah, I mean, I yes, and uh, we we were blessed because um, we met uh, Professor Trudy, right? Yes, that's much through uh, through a mutual contact, and mm. uh, she came down and she came on funds that were supporting from the government side that was supporting the uh, betterment of employment. Oh. <laughs> so, so there you go. So we took it from that angle mm. and there were funds that were ready. Uh, we call it in our manpower ministry. So that means it's like a mm -hmm. ministry of labor, you know, for helping workers get better skill. And so I said, yeah, why not if we looked at youth work and surrounding it, uh, workers who need to be skilled yeah, mm -hmm. and we need to equip them. Mm -hmm. So we applied for those funding and, and we got it. And we were able to fly in for consultations, for meetings, mm -hmm. and she held some kind of workshops. Mm -hmm. And from that workshop, we worked uh, very hard at it and there formed the beginnings of the organization formally. Mm -hmm. you know? so, so we never know uh, from which angle, which wind, which mm -hmm. uh, support will come in, but mm -hmm. not in your traditional ways. Mm -hmm. It could be in new ways. Yeah, yeah. So yes. we're very glad for that. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you've said that about not in traditional ways, and that's probably been my biggest. Oh, I don't know if gripe is the right word. Maybe it's a <laughs> bit bit strong, <laughs> but um, what I have observed about the way churches in Western Australia, at least, tend to do youth ministry it tends to always be the same traditional way. And it might take different flavours, but it's still the same thing. Yes. And I think the church in, in WA at least needs to um, be a bit more creative like that and and be bold like like um, you guys were. <laughs> <laughs> the world has changed and the world has changed so much. <laughs> it has, it has. And I think... Uh, what you said about, you know, the the young people that you noticed who who wouldn't come into a church or who wouldn't feel comfortable in that space, it's exactly what I found in my master's research was that uh, the word I used was dogma. Oh, that, yes. Yeah, when, when churches focus more on trying to get young people to fit with that church's theological teaching um, rather than creating a safe space for them, they'll lose them. Yes, um, yes. And... 
like you said, do's and don'ts and uh, the Correct. rules. And Correct. A lot of the time, like you said, it's actually a, a mistranslation between the church world and between young and the young, yes. the world of the young. Yeah, yeah. I, I've learned something, you know, about that along the way as well. Hmm. Um, um, I'm a, a fan, and I'm sure I, li- I read and. Uh, Mm-hmm. to um, a, a guru called John Maxwell, John C. Maxwell, who was oh, yeah. also a pastor. And then he went into the leadership realm and he has been writing like books, like a lot of them, 80 plus, I believe. Um, and one of the things that um, he taught us is this and it's really struck in my mind. And he says, connect first mm. before you even correct. Yeah. Like so that. the approach of the church has always been no, you correct first, mm. then you may connect. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. but here is about connecting first before you correct. And yes. the connecting is done via the heart, heart to heart, before you even move into the head. Mm. Because, mm. Uh, especially for youths and teens, you know, I mean, they mm. don't think as much as they feel. I mean, they feel all the time, right? So it's the feeling that they, you, you must respect them, you must bring them in before you can even move them into start to thinking. So I guess it's a lot of um, reaching out to them in ways that they find meaningful rather than just having an adult critical voice yeah. Mm. speaking to them like you know top mm. down rather than heart to heart level so i i find that has just worked for me um very very powerfully mm, yeah and i think uh, adding on to what you've just said um the people that i interviewed for my uh thesis were mostly people who had been engaged with the church for a long time before they found that the the sense of dogma or being talked down to or the criticisms got too much for them. <laughs> and I, I just, I wanted to say that because I wonder if my listeners um, get the impression that we're only talking about people who are new to the church. But mm. I think that this kind of approach should be approached to everyone, you know, whether they've been in the church yes. since they were born or yeah. <laughs> whether they're new to the church that, um, yes we might assume that they belong because they're still around at 15 years old, but maybe the way we treat them could be whether they decide to hang around. Yes. Mm. Yes. You're right. You're right. Because um, the set statistics is like somewhere around half of them will leave mm. right by the time they go to college or whatever, right. or when they find their own freedom, then they decide mm. not that the church is no longer for them. Right. I mean, that's, mm. that's the sad reality. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's why, like I was reading the Code of Ethics that um, Youth Work Association of Singapore have set up. It's very similar to the Youth Work WA Code of Ethics. Oh, yeah, we we adapted because uh, it was uh, from Professor's team's Connie's oh, cool. work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, so yeah. so he's he's like the main author, but mm-hmm. he put it for the Commonwealth and uh, Youth Work Association Singapore is a member of the Commonwealth Alliance. So yeah. we took it, we adapted it, and we adopted it as ours as well. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I think it's a great code of ethics. Um, the the two points that I think of in that, um, that kind of I'm thinking through as we're talking is like the first one is about, um. 
primary client and then the other one is about um, empowerment. Yes. And um, those kind of two ethics combined kind of teach us when we work with young people that we treat the young person like an expert. Yes, yes. We, we, we approach them as an equal, not as someone who is less than us and um, not as someone who's a, a, I can't think of any other way to say this, an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but someone who actually knows things and, and like you said, they feel things and they, they're an expert on their own lives. Yes. So if we actually approach them like that and yes. say actually if we see a behaviour and think I have something to learn here about them, not I need to teach them here, we yes. might have a bit more, bit more success. Yes, I, I agree with you 100% because it's about knowing their lives and um, because at least working with uh, the people I've been working with, um, they've been through tremendous challenges and the thing that sometimes we adults may not realize is that the world has changed so much uh, in terms of access to knowledge, yes. to technology and all that, mm. and how the world as a whole, as a whole globe has been brought closer. Mm. And yet at the same time, we have never been so polarized mm. uh, with all the fake information going sure. on and all that. So... Mm reaching out to the young mind in, you know, in the sense of trying to empathize with them the tremendous struggles that they face every day mm. just by waking up and looking at the screen. Yes. We yeah. didn't go through that, at least for my yeah. time. It was so difficult to get into information and knowledge. Mm. We have to take a trip down to the library, mm. right, and all that. Mm. But now it's all in your hand. Yeah, and yeah. with whatever that's in the hand, they can mess up the head. So mm. I think that's when adults' interactions coming them, uh, coming down to them with with respect and all that makes a mm. lot of difference. Rather mm. than just okay, now listen up, your boys. We have, this is what you have to do. Mm. It's not going to go down anymore, and much less such a tremendous things like the gospel. Can you imagine that? You know, yeah. they just reject it and say, no, 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 you're just, um, they cancel you, right? You understand that you're yes. canceled. You're canceled. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Life is so complex now. Like I think about even when I went to high school, um, and, you know, that's probably, you know, the internet was around then <laughs> when I went to high school. But like you said, having it in your, the palm of your hand makes a huge difference that, you wake up to yep. polarizing opinions. You wake up to, um, you know, this. You have to fit into this, yeah. this picture of a, of a person, this aesthetic, con and they go yeah. to bed with that. Yeah. And the worst is about comments about your post, comments yeah. about how you look, comments about what, mm. that. Just you know, it just tests the soul. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think that that is so closely related to why the church must be so careful about the way we approach young people. Because yes. if they're being polarized and judged and trolled constantly on the internet, or at least seeing it happen to other people, yes. we have to make sure that we yes. are so accepting and loving. Correct. Mm. We, we have to get to the we have to get to their heart that the message that God loves them, mm. that they are a, a human of infinite value, that Christ mm. died for them. They don't hear all this. 
they only hear, why aren't you fitting in? Why are you doing this? Why are you not doing you know? Mm. Rather than you you are a person of immense mm. value that Christ died for. You've been you you are yes. made in the image of God. Can you mm. imagine that? Because they face mm. so much negativity mm. from keyboard warriors who hide behind yeah. user numbers like Mm. with no real names and all that mm. they become emboldened and they're just that their very very narcissistic uh, dark mm. selves come out and mm. uh, they don't get the filter so so in mm. in some sense i see youth ministry as a filter yeah. so this is a caring filter the caring filter that's that brings in god's love to them mm. and shares with them and shows them and journeys with them this is something that the internet world cannot do for them uh, mm. by themselves, by themselves. So right. it, it has to be orchestrated. It has to be guided. So I guess that's where um, the crux of youth ministry has to be mm. rather than like what you mentioned, dogma or, or rules or precepts mm. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It just made me think of a movie that my wife and I watched over the weekend. It's a bit of a... <laughs> I don't know if you want to say a trashy movie, um, but it's the a latest Netflix movie. That's not a paid promotion, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Rebel Wilson in it, uh, senior year. Oh and no, like, I've not, I've not, not heard about I, it. Okay, I loved it only because it was she went into a coma. She oh. at, in her senior year of two thousand and two. Um, and then woke up 20 years later and wanted to oh, finish school. Wow, this that would be a fantastic concept, right? Yeah, yeah, it wow. is. And, I mean, it's a, it's a silly movie. It's absolutely silly. But what I loved about it is it showed the contrast between yeah. the, the high school environment we grew up in and the high school environment now that has... Two decades so difference, more. right? Only two yeah. decades. Wow. Yeah, so wow. much more complex with social media and yes. the constant message you are not good enough yes and i love what you've said that we can bridge that we can right. be a bridge in that place to say actually you are loved it yes. doesn't matter what it you've done matter. or how you matter. identify yes. or whatever it might be so um as we kind of come towards landing this uh podcast what i kind of would love to summarize with is um what would be something that you would suggest to our listeners who might be pastors, youth pastors, mm. people looking in to get looking to get into that kind of ministry? What would be mm. one thing that you might suggest to them to do? Yeah, I I will. Um, if if we are already in a church context, then we have young people in the church already. I would say it's fantastic. It's a good start. But the starting will be this, and it will be a form of challenge. Uh, I, I will challenge all of them, uh, adults in the church, will be this. Um, number one, do you know your young people? Oh, I like that one. Mm. Do you know their names? Mm. When they are in your church sitting there, do you know how their week has been? Mm. Uh, do you sit down and hear their cries, listen to their words, particularly the unspoken ones, mm. Mm. and just get to know their world. Mm. And when you can do that, you can understand where they are coming from, 
to come alongside them. If they feel safe enough, they might themselves bring a friend. And if you empower them in that sense, they might just tell their best friend, "Come, you know, we hang out here. This is a safe place." And from there, uh, word would get around because, um, you know, these teenagers they they have a way of gravitating towards something that they find cool and helpful, even though, um, you know, it it yeah it it's some sense that it's very hard for an adult to come and say, "Come join us," and they'll be like, "Why? What do you know?" Right? But yeah, from yeah. the mouth of uh, young people inviting yeah. their friends and tell them it's a safe place, you know. Mm. But it goes back to them feeling that safety. Do they mm. feel safe? Do they feel welcome? Mm. They have. They will have a constant need developmentally uh, to be able to form, um, you know the sense of connection for belongingness, right? So that's one mm. of the development tasks that they have to go through. Do they feel that in church or are we just laying down all that they must do in order to be rather than they are already being mm. and realizing that before the do's come in? Now, I'm not okay. saying the do's and don'ts are not important. I'm saying it is important, but mm. they will come when it comes yeah. they are not the first thing the first thing is understanding mm-hmm. the being and mm-hmm. so seeing them um you'll be surprised that lots of um adults in my churches right when i mingle with them they don't even know the name of the youth yeah because yeah. they'll be like oh oh that is uh tim mullen's son <laughs> right mm. you know yeah. you are, you're <laughs> identified by by your parent yeah, <laughs> but but not you, mm. right? So I'm just mm. saying, and that well, somebody welcome them. Someone say, you know, hello, uh, how are you? By their first name. Mm. So I think that level is something that you can do right away. It's almost like um, if you want to put the corporate term, then it would be like do a relational audit. Mm-hmm. Do a relational audit of all your young people and your youth in your church. Do you know them? Mm. Do you know their likes, mm. their dislikes, their fears, their dreams? Do you know them? Mm. But yeah. when you want to find out, don't interrogate them. <laughs> yeah. This is not a interrogation <laughs> yeah, time. Right. Sit down on a chair and, and tell me all about No, no, no. Do it. Okay. And this is a hot tip, right? Yeah. I've done it in my youth ministry all this time and it works. Maybe... I hope it works uh, in Western Australia too, but buy them a meal. Mm. Oh yeah, talk, that works. <laughs> talk talk yeah. over food. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't worry about the calories and all that first. <laughs> As I say, you connect before you correct, right? So yeah, yeah. get a meal. Uh, in any youth ministry, set aside a budget for meals. Mm. It works. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes, all right, at least for the kids uh, I deal with, uh, some of them, they don't come with places that they get food easily, right? Mm. So, um, and you, you have food for them, it's like, this is a place where they can be fed, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But, but over <laughs> meal, let them talk because then, you know, the emotions get filled up and all. And mm. the only caution I would say is that uh, teens tend to eat a lot, so... <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a big budget. It's it's, it's never enough. 
<laughs> but but hey, bless the soul, baby. If adults tell them, you know, reach out to them and say, we need, we need budget for food because yeah. young people are growing. And but from this food ministry, mm. sit them sitting them down and you know over whatever, and then just have the conversation. Yeah, and yeah. from the information that you get, work on it. Mm-hmm. I mm. I believe that's the the connecting point. Yes, yeah, I agree with that, and I think it, it's 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 a different starting point. Instead of starting with, <laughs> here's a program that I want to run. Yes, <laughs> here's an event I want to run. It's I want to build relationship. Yes, and therefore yes. I'm going to start with food to start that relationship. Yeah. yeah, and it's like um I don't know if you're familiar with Lloyd Martin. He's a youth work uh, author. Mm-hmm. Um, he he said other professionals will build a relationship with a young person um, mm. in order to do their service. So like a teacher, mm. they'll just want a relationship so they can be a better teacher. Mm. Whereas a youth worker will offer these services like food mm. in order to build mm. the relationship because the relationship itself is seen to be the yes. therapeutic process yes. or the, you know, in ministry to be the ministry. Not not the not necessarily the giving of word or the the worship service or the yeah. games. It's yeah. the relationship itself that's the ministry. Correct. That's mm. right. That's right. Love it. Yeah. And the one thing that I'll add to everything you've said is is what I've heard implicit in what you've said is how key training was. Oh yes. For all those people that you got together yes. in care and in YBAS, um, is that you trained those workers. Yes. In, some practices with young people that are really yes. important. Yeah. All, all the time because um, um, it, it goes back to the um, ethical foundation of mm. doing no harm. Mm. So sometimes we can be doing harm um, consciously, which is bad yeah. already. But yes. others, uh, other times we could be doing harm unconsciously without yeah. knowing. Yeah. And so there's a lot of reflective practices. And yeah. so we try and base our basic competencies and the idea of um, as you are interacting, as you are helping the youth, you are always at the back of your mind asking the question, is mm. this for the best? Mm. Or is it about me? So mm. so, so I have a mantra, and, and this is my mantra, I say is that, uh, oftentimes, um, it starts with me, but it is not about me. As in the yes. youth worker, it has to start with ourselves first, bring it there, but it's not about us. It's not about us. So mm. the, the starting about me is the awareness that whatever I say, whatever I do, whatever I infer, or you know, mm. if I am seen to be doing all that, does have an impact on the young mm. people because they are watching, they are learning, they are observing mm. and the impact you never know could be for years to come, mm. right? So the awareness that we bring in uh, has to have that kind of, um, it has to be guided, it has to be brought to the fore in terms of uh, training. At the same time, um, we believe very heavily in supervision in that sense that anyone yeah. comes in contact will have to talk about their, whatever they've done with someone else who then questions and say, why do you feel this way? Why do you feel that? Why do you do this? Uh, are you hurt or something like that? You know, we angry. Uh, or by the way, I mean, it's natural that when you deal with young people, they sometimes drive you up the wall. 
<laughs> right? So then you have to ask yourselves why are you upset. Yes. You know, yeah. it's not about you. Don't take it personally. They're just mm. pushing you back because they hurt, and mm. they got no other way to do it. Mm. And then, if you take it personally, and the worst is that you reflect it back to the young person, then your relationship is spoiled. But mm. it's all because you, as an adult, um, have not learned how to manage that. So that's mm. why I say this is all. It falls under the training portion as well, mm. ongoing. Yeah, all yes. the time. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's key, I think. Ongoing, ongoing reflecting with others. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, if I may summarize as we bring this to a close, so what can churches do? They can make sure they actually know their their young people, know who they are, know their names, know their stories, and um, then um, they can um, make sure that the relationship with that young person is the starting point and the end point. Yeah, um, and um, I love that that quote, which I'll say is the third point. It starts with me, but it's not about me. I really like that. Yeah, um, and then of course seek training and reflect with others about how to keep getting better at what you do, and yes. to take yourself out of it. Yeah, you're right. I love it. Yeah, mm. and and right there, maybe it's um, don't have time in this episode, but maybe sometimes oh. later. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's targeted to parents mm. because their parents invariably are involved in youth ministry, whether they like it or not. Mm. And here's the heavy burden because parents, um, <laughs> your kids see you, your kids see the real you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the biggest Scary. challenge. That's the biggest yeah. challenge, right? Yeah. So maybe for some other time, team. But uh, mm. I'm just saying that. Parents who have, um, you know, kids and teenagers and then bring, trying to bring them to church is a struggle all the time. And what do we do with them and yeah. how can we help them? Yeah, so so yeah. these are all, these are uh, so many, many aspects of the uh, youth ministry that is painful, mm. that mm. is so real, but mm. that will make the real difference, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that soon. <laughs> How to target our parents. Yes, right. sure. Awesome. <laughs> Invite me Thank and you. I'll come back. <laughs> I, I will. I definitely will. I definitely will. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yes. Yes. Cool. Cool. Thanks for your time, John. Thank you. Thank you. It's been my great pleasure. <laughs> All right. Until next time. All right then. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Youth Ministry Misfits Podcast. We had a great chat and I really enjoyed hearing uh, the Singapore uh, perspective on youth ministry from Dr. John Tan. Um, If you'd like to know more about his podcast, see the show notes and I'll link his podcast there and some information about him. If you'd like to know more about training, as we talked about how important training is to be able to work really well with young people, then you can contact me through our website, table.edu.au. 